not defeat him. Amen. He is seated in glory. And we are the recipients of that grace. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him another hand of praise. He is worthy. Praise the name of the Lord. If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we'll begin reading in verse 23. got it say so. so and it says now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ he who calls you is faithful who also will do it brethren pray for us greet all the brethren with a holy kiss I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ yes. be with you. Yes. Amen. 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 Lord, thank you for your word this morning, Lord God. Thank you for this series that we've been able to go through and the word that you have given us, Lord God, to encourage us as we continue on in this life that is lived for your glory and for your honor. Lord, today I just pray that your spirit would speak to us clearly. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what you are saying to your church, I pray that you would be glorified in our time together, Lord God. I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers of it. We give you thanks. We give you praise for this, and we pray this in Jesus' good name. Everyone said, Amen. you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you do not have an outline, please raise your hand, and <clears throat> the ushers will get you one. Just keep your hand up. want to make sure that everybody, everybody gets an outline. Um, that's very, very important to us, that everyone is able to follow along in the preaching of the Word of God, and especially in the beginning uh, of the outline, you can go along with me in the intro. You can follow along there. There are some questions in there that are in there for you to be able to answer and, and walk through yourself as you reflect on and meditate on whatever it is that the Lord would speak to you. I remember hearing a preacher say one time, out of the thousand things that I'll say, one of them might be the one that God wants you to hear. In other words, don't fall asleep on the thousand. Amen. You know, so pay attention. You know, not every single thing. I mean, I, listen, I, I don't, I don't um, deceive myself to think that every single word that comes out of my mouth is, you know, is, is perfect and that you got to hear every single one of them. But there's something that God wants to speak to our lives. And it's so important that we do not miss that and that we are doers of it. And so that's the reason why, you know, we want to give you the opportunity to take notes. And we encourage you to do that. And then lastly, as I encourage every week, we want to be a disciple-making church, a people that make disciple-makers. That's what we want to be. We want to be that person. Person that is helping someone grow in their faith and so I challenge you and I pray that this will not just become like an idle challenge but that you would hear it weekly are you helping someone grow in your life? Are you helping someone grow in their faith? You know, do you have, Paul had Timothy in his life, right? So, you know, we all need that Timothy in our life, that someone that we're helping grow in their faith. You know, Paul had Barnabas in his life, right? That someone that was there, that was, um, you know, that was his equal, but they were partnering together. And, you know, and, and obviously he was submitted under the leadership of the Lord and the other elders there. And so, you know, we've got to have those people in our lives. But my challenge to you is not just are you growing, but are you helping someone else grow in their faith. Very important. And so we are in the last chapter and the last portion of 1 Thessalonians. And so next week we'll have a little break from the series. And then the following week we will, we will um, pick up again in 2 Thessalonians. But for today we're going to finish this up. And the title of the message this morning is It's All God. 
It's all God, not some God. It's all God. It's all him. When you look at 1 Thessalonians and you, and you walk through this, I love the way it ends because it's just a clear reminder that it is all about him. So if you look in your outline with me, God's people are called to live extraordinary lives. Say amen to that. Not, not, not extravagant lives, right? Not, 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 not exaggerated lives, extraordinary lives, okay? And, and, what, what, and, and I emphasize that because I want you to know that when I say extraordinary lives, I'm not talking about glitz and glamour. I'm talking about glory and honor for God. I'm talking about living a life in a way that is above the ordinary. I looked at the word, you know, extraordinary, extraordinary, right? Beyond the ordinary. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that for the young people in this room. I remember years ago, uh, I don't remember if it was Pastor Aldo, who was the youth pastor, or Pastor Chad, that was a youth pastor at the time, but I remember they were doing a, um, a, a series or a conference or something like that, and they were talking about purity, talking about young people staying pure. In other words, staying a virgin until you got married. And somebody, you know, somebody was, you know, was communicating. Um, they were young in their faith at that time and stuff like that. And they were like, you really think that a young person is going to stay pure nowadays? Now, the reality is that person was just young in their faith. And they didn't, they didn't understand that, amen, by God's grace, yes, they can but the truth is that this is not something that is ordinary. This is something that is extraordinary. When a child decides, when a young person decides at a young age that they are going to maintain purity, when they, when they are going to live a life of holiness in the area of sexuality, when they, when, when they make that commitment, that's extraordinary in our culture. Hello. You know, when we are in our marriages and we are fighting to continue on, to strive toward, to grow in our relationship and not allowing things to come in and destroy our marriage. In our culture, in a lot of areas, that's extraordinary. I mean, come on, man, you got like 50% of those people that are getting married are getting divorced. And so that's extraordinary. Are you here? You know, when we as parents decide that we are going to be involved in our children's lives and not let our children be raised by Disney or raised by YouTube or raised by whatever they're being raised by, that's extraordinary in our culture. Why? Because it is what it is, but many people have to work. Both parents have to work, so they can't be there all the time to deal with their children. And so it's extraordinary, or extraordinary when a parent is engaged and involved. That's extraordinary living. Hello. It's a life that brings glory and honor to God. And so looking at your outline here, um, we, 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 we are called to live extraordinary lives that shine brightly in a darkening world and in the midst of a deceived culture. Can I tell you something? We are living in a dark moment. Are you hearing me? We are living in a time, and I'm not just talking because of Tuesday, hello. I'm just telling you where we are, okay? We, we, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. We're actually going to pray about that because I'm done talking about it. But here's the thing. The reality is that we need to be in, in, in the mindset and we need to understand that we are living, living in days that are getting darker and darker. We are living in days that there is deception that is rising up. We are living in days where, where people are, are, are sincerely believing flat out lies. We, we are living in days that are darkened by sin. And God calls us to live extraordinary lives that shine brightly in the midst of the darkness so that when people see our lives, they can come out of the darkness and come into the light. We're living in those days, deception within our culture. In conclusion of the first, this second paragraph here, in conclusion of this first epistle to the Thessalonian church, the apostle Paul reminds them and us that it is God who sanctifies us. It is God who is faithful, and it is the grace of God that we need to live these extraordinary lives. Are you here? 
Everything in the Bible calls his children to live extraordinary lives. I want you to get that in your spirit. I, I, want, you to, I want you to leave here today. I hope you talk to someone about this, that, that, that the person that you're trying to help grow in their faith, that they understand that they have been called to live an extraordinary life for the glory and honor of God. I hope that your kids, I hope that you start to instill that. I hope you start to pray that for yourself, that you start to pray that for your children and that you realize that this is God's will. It is God's will for us to live a life that is beyond the norm, that is dependent upon grace, that is dependent upon his wisdom, that is dependent upon his power. I want to see that, that, that we be those kind of people because I believe that that's what 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians is all about. When we're looking forward to the coming of Jesus, it is that we are not overly concerned with what? We're not overly concerned with this world. We're not overly concerned with what's going on here and now. Oh, we're concerned about it for sure. It's not like we're going to go and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and quit my job and just go live out in a tent somewhere that's not what we're saying right we want to be responsible we want to be honorable we want to do things for the glory and honor of God but I should not be overly concerned and consumed with the affairs of this world I should be overly consumed with making sure that I am living as a light as a person who is dependent upon the grace of God who is standing firm in the face of opposition who is not backing down when the enemy is coming at you with lies from the left from the right from the middle from the top from the bottom from everywhere but I am standing firm and saying, God, I am not going to give in to all of this garbage because I'm living for a kingdom that is coming. I am living for a king that is real, that is on a throne, and I trust him to lead me and help me to be that person who is living this extraordinary life for him. That's what I hope that we can be as a church. Last paragraph here. We must strive to bring honor to God, living our lives in complete surrender and obedience to the scriptures, looking forward to the return of Jesus. Hear me. As believers, we must recognize that it really is all God working in our lives to bring about his good pleasure and purpose. It's all God, church. It's all him in our lives. It's all him who is at work and the things that we'll look at here in the end of this chapter. And I will, and I will endeavor, I'm going to try to, try to be um, more brief than normal because I'm brief all the time. Amen. Yes, Glory to God. I don't, amen. Amen. I'm going to try to be brief today because I really want us to spend some time in prayer. But, but, but the truth is that's my goal. And so just understand that, that, that that's where I'm going. So you pray. Don't, don't rush me. All right. Don't, don't be like, come on, Bishop. It's time to, you know, because if we, if we just go, we go over. It's all right. We're going to do that. It's the Lord's day. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all are just, you know, you get churched out, glory to God. You come to church and you're here for more than an hour and a half or two hours. You're like, all right, that's it. That's my church for the day. That's my church for the week. I'm done. Right? No, no, no. Come on now. This is the Lord's day. You know, so, some people, um, you know, anyway, anyway, you know, Sister D, she's in my connect. She's always reading the Puritans, you know, and the Puritans, they were serious about the Lord's day. Like straight up, like you couldn't do nothing on the Lord's day. You didn't, I mean, they, they were serious, like Sabbath. They were straight up. Like you didn't plant. You didn't, you didn't do anything. You just shower on the Lord's day. That's it because you want to be holy and smell right. I'm just saying. But, but, but seriously, like, 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 I mean, it's, it, anyway, it's, it's the Lord's day, so we're going to take our time. We're going to get there. So I'm not going to preach shorter than I'm just going to preach normally and we'll just pray for a little bit longer. All right, so we got, we got past that part here. here. Here's the big idea that I want you to get today. This is the big idea. Dependent living is devoted living, not irresponsible confession. Did you hear that? Dependent living is devoted living, not irresponsible confession. And why do I say that? I'm a grace guy, right? I'm, I'm, I believe in the grace of God. I believe that it is all God. That's why I'm preaching this message. It is by God's grace that I'm saved. I didn't save myself. I don't have the ability to keep myself, okay? I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not holy enough. I'm not pure enough. 
to do that all by myself, okay? So, so I want you to get that. I, when, I, when I say this here, what I, what I want you to realize is that if I say that I'm dependent upon God, it's not just an irresponsible confession and just say, well, hey, man, I'm never going to be perfect, so it's all good. It's not all good. Hello. Devoted to dependent living. If I'm depending upon God, it is devoted living. I'm acknowledging, as we, as we did in communion time, I'm acknowledging what areas in my life that God needs to work on. And I'm submitting to him and I'm asking him to work on me and to make me more like him. And so it is so important that we realize that, 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 that if we say we are dependent upon God most high, then we really need to be dependent upon him and be devoted to him. That's the sign, right, that we're dependent upon him. So the first thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, our sanctification is all God. Our sanctification is all God. And so how does he start off in the first part here? He says, now, this is his prayer for the people. This is what he's, this is what he's believing for. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Our sanctification is all God. Now, what I want you to get when I say that is, I want you to realize this, is when I say it's all God, you need to participate. Are you here? It is all God. He is the one that is going to do it. He is the one that is going to get the glory out of you being separated from sin and separated unto him. For sure, he is going to get all the glory for that because it is him who is working in you. Amen. It is him who is working in your heart. It is him who is enabling you. But what I want you to realize is that it is him that is working. You participate. You join in. You obey. You follow. You listen to his voice. You obey his direction. But don't ever think that it's all you because it is not. It is him, and the apostle Paul says he prays this prayer for us. And so sanctification, what I want you to get is this. Sanctification is the most, when we talk about sanctification, that means to be set apart, right? That means to be set apart for a holy work, set apart for a religious activity. And so talk about being sanctified, that's what he's saying, that the Lord would sanctify, that the Lord would separate you, that the Lord would, would separate you from sin to himself. And so here's what I want you to get. Sanctification is one of the most important measurements of the Christian life. Did you hear me? Sanctification is one of the most important measurements of the Christian life. Listen to me. I want you to get this because it is so important. If, here, 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 here's, what, here's, what, here's what you got to realize. If you are not growing in holiness, it begs the question, do you know the Holy One? If you are not growing in holiness... It begs the question, do you know the Holy One? Do you know the one who is holy? Because if I know the one that is holy, then I'm becoming more like him. It is either one of two things are occurring. I'm becoming less like him because I don't want to be around him, or I'm around him and I'm becoming more like him. It's one of the two. So when I say that this is one of the most important measurements, listen, I'm not talking about you um, trying to earn salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking to you about measuring your life to say, man, am I becoming more like the Holy One? Am, am I starting to reflect more Jesus than I am the world? See, when I, when I, when I, when I, some of y'all are going to get offended by this, and it's okay. I, I'm not intending to offend you. It's just, it's just a true story. 
When I was a youth pastor, you know, I was a young guy, and you know, and, and let me let me preface this by saying this: I have no issue with you know with with guys wearing earrings and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I I don't have an issue with that. I got delivered from that. I told y'all that story before. But here's what I want you to realize: this is <laughs> Josian, stop it. Um, this is what I want you. This is what I want you to realize. Notice I brought him up right as a, as a spectacle the other day, right, to show you what's how to dress. I didn't point to his ears though. But anyway, here's the thing. <laughs> Now here, here's, here's something, and, and you know what, Josiane and I, we had a conversation before he got his earrings and everything, and, here, and here's, here's, here's what I want you to get. When I, was a youth, when I was a youth pastor, there was a kid, he came to our youth ministry, when he came, to, he came to our youth ministry, he was not a Christian, right? He gets saved, and nobody preached a sermon like, you must take off your earrings or you're not a Christian, it wasn't, nothing happened like that. Nobody even had a conversation with the guy. The guy just came in, he got saved, gave his life to Jesus, took off his earrings, and he was like, holy, right? Holy, holy. Fast forward a couple of months, he met a beautiful girl. Apparently, she liked earrings. And so he just started to put his earrings back on. Now, is there anything wrong with that? No. Not necessarily. Here's what happened. I'm sitting in, like, the second row. He's sitting behind me when he comes into church. I get chewed out because I didn't say anything to the kid. I'm not going to tell you you chewed me out. But anyway, I got chewed out. Because I didn't correct this kid about his unholy behavior. So when I sat down and I, had, and, and I thought about this, I said something. I said, you know, man, I said, here's, here's, here's the biggest thing. This, this, this is where the issue comes into play. What is your motivation for doing anything that you do? Ask Josie on the same question. Ask anyone that come and ask me about earrings or tattoos or whatever. You know, those are the big things right now, you know. What is the motivation behind why you are doing it? Is it because you want to imitate God or do you want to imitate someone else? Is it because you want to please your flesh or is it because you want to please and honor God? See how quiet it is because it's really uncomfortable to talk about stuff like this. We don't, talk, we don't want to talk about that kind of stuff because we live in a culture that is taboo to say, yo, that's wrong. See, if I had a scripture to say that, you know, wearing earrings was wrong other than Leviticus, if I had a scripture, I would throw it out there and be like, hey, it's wrong. I don't. So I can't say that. But here's what I know that needs to measure our lives when we talk about saying, when we talk about anything that we do. We have to ask the question, why? Why? See, for that young man, was it wrong for him to put those earrings back on? In my opinion, yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Because he was convicted by the Holy Spirit to take them off, and then he decided to please a girl, he was going to put them back on. That's where the issue is. It's because he wasn't listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit that dealt with him. Because, again, I didn't preach a message. It's just like me when I first got saved. I told you all the story. I got saved. I came to Jesus on a Friday night. My mom led me to Christ. On Saturday, I called my friend. His name was Jason. I was like, hey, man, I need a ride to go to Sanford. I need to go back, buy a bag of weed. Are you hearing me? I just got saved Friday night. Saturday, I was telling my boy to come pick me up to go buy a bag of weed. All the way to Sanford. It, 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 the story gets better. All the way to Sanford and back, I told this guy about what just happened to me last night. I explained to him about how my mom read about how the Lord spoke to me. All of this stuff. I went and bought the bag of weed, came home. As I'm getting out of the car, my friend Jason was like, man, I need to go back to church. <laughs> Amen, right? Because God, 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 you know, he blinked at my ignorance. I didn't know. I was like, hey, it's natural, you know. I'm going to get something that God, you know. That's the argument today, right? It's natural. Sunday, though, I, can't, I went to church. And mind you, I, you know, I wear contacts or glasses. And so, you know, the church building was a little bit longer than this one here. And what happened was, I, you know, I used to come into the church, and I, and I came to church a couple times, and I was high, right? And, I, and, I, you know, and, and, I, and it's funny, and I just want to say this as just like an aside here. No matter how someone looks when they walk in these doors, you make sure you greet them. 
Don't be some judgmental Pharisee, all right? Because I'm going to tell you something. There were people in that church that I wanted to see them shake my hand, and they never would. You know why? Because they were afraid that I was going to contaminate their kids. Listen, if you're that insecure in your parenting, you got issues. Hello. But the reality is, I came to church on Sunday. Mind you, my Spanish is terrible, right? So I was praying for interpretation of tongues every Sunday. I think I may have that gift. I don't know. But anyway. I come to church, I'm in the back of the church with my squinting behind, looking back there, and I'm trying to clap. All the youth are looking at me like I'm going crazy. They're like, something happened to this guy, because I used to come into church looking nuts. Anyway, they, you know, come out afterwards. I go home with the pastor's sons, and I tell one of them, I'm like, man, I don't know, bro. I said, but I would never do this. And I took the weed that I just bought, and I dumped it in the toilet. Why do I tell you that story? Because it's an example of God sanctifying someone's life. I'm almost 100% positive. I'm not, I can't say 100, but I'm, but I'm almost 100% positive. The pastor did not, go, did not say when he was preaching, you need to go and throw that weed away. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't even mention marijuana in his sermon. It never came out of his mouth. But what did I just say? The title of the message is, it's all God. God is the one that sanctifies us. And so my question for all of our lives, not just, you know, I started with the whole earring thing or whatever, but my question for all of our lives, the programs we watch, the movies we go and see, the music we listen to, the places that we go to have recreation, the things that we enjoy, do those things bring glory and honor to God? The conversations that we have, the jokes we tell and laugh at. Hello, somebody. The websites we visit, do those things bring glory and honor to God? Because the thing that I've got to ask myself in all of that is, am I becoming more like the Holy One? Am I living for his glory or am I living for my glory? Is it, and I said this to the leaders the other day, just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. Just because I'm free to do it doesn't mean I need to do everything I'm free to do. Because some of my freedom can cause other people to sin. Just a reality check. To look back and say, hold on a second. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I, why, why, why am I engaged in relationships that I'm engaged in? Why, is that, why, why, why am I like that? Am I trying to win? Now, now listen to me now. We should all be, listen to what I'm going to say right now. We should all be friends with non-believers. Are you hearing me? Because if you're not friends with non-believers, who on earth are you going to bring to Jesus? Okay, but what I am telling you is this, you need to be missional in those relationships, you need to be intentional in those relationships, and you need to check yourself and make sure those relationships aren't pulling you away from Jesus. And if they are, you need to take a step back and say, hold on a second, I'm not strong enough to be in this relationship, I need to back away because he's pulling, she's pulling me, they're pulling me, hello, just saying, it happens. You know, guys have their friends, you know, he, he's my boy, you know, but my boy likes to do things I can't be doing, so he's pulling me away from Jesus, you know, hey, back up, be honest about it, be honest about it. This is the reality when we talk about sanctification. Sanctification is all God. See, I love what he says here. He says, may, he says, may the Lord, look what he says. He says, may, now, now may the God of peace himself. Why, why, why do we have the ability to be sanctified? It's because of the peace that we have with God. We celebrate it in communion because Jesus came to this earth to die for sinners like you and I. He came to this earth to give his life so we could have peace. Amen. Amen. 
We could have peace with God. We could have relationship with God. We could be intimate with God. We could be restored with, with, with where God created us to be in the beginning. And so Jesus comes and he dies and he says this. He says, may the God of peace himself, say himself. I love this. I'm going to preach out a guy's thing this evening, and I'm going to be preaching from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And the one thing that I love that I'll be speaking there tonight and, and, and that I'm going to point out to these men is there's one thing that, I, that, that stands out to me among all of the other stuff that's in that story. And he tells Joshua, I will be with you. Say with you. I will be with you. That's relationship. He says, I will be with you as I was with Moses. You see, and here he says, he, he's saying what? He's saying, now may the God of peace himself. It's not, he's not saying may the God of peace like talk to you about it. No, 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 no. May the God of peace himself relationally be engaged and involved with you. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole soul, spirit, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the day of the Lord. And he says, he who is faithful, I love it, he who is faithful. That's, listen, that, that's the most encouraging thing there as well. Why? Because he is faithful and he will do it. See, this is what the scriptures tell us. He who is faithful, there is one that's faithful, that's God Almighty. And he promises, listen, if you, listen, if you and I remain in him, this is what Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, what? He, he talks about us being the branches that are what? Pruned. Hello, somebody. Being the branches. He prunes them for what? So that we can bear more fruit. That's what he wants from us. To bring him glory through that fruitful life. And so he, who's, he who is faithful will do it. The second thing that he said that, that I asked you to repeat after me is to say our relationship, our relationship to one another must be all God. Our relationship to one another must be all God. Our relationship to one another. When we think about this, look at the next part of the verse. He says, he who called, oh, I'm sorry, in verse 25. He says, brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. And I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the body, to all of the holy brethren. In some of the, in some of the versions, it doesn't have the word holy there. But he's saying, I want, I want this epistle to be read among all the brethren. Sanctification is a collective thing and an individual thing, and God is the source of all of it. Are you here? Sanctification is me personally and my relationship with God. Sanctification is also something that happens collectively among us. Are you here? It's something that we, you, you guys always hear me joke about it whenever we're talking about Connect and we're promoting it. And, you know, a lot of times we give, like, the negative side. And I, and I always try to, you know, make you feel real holy. Amen, right? And I say, you know, when you get around unholy people, right, and, and you know, those unholy people start acting unholy, they help you become more holy. Hello. And I often show you the negative side of it, you know, so we can joke about it. But the truth of the matter is that you and I don't grow in sanctification alone. We don't grow in sanctification by ourselves. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. You know, you, you know what is one of the best things for a person? I'm, I'm going to just say this, not because I am, but this is just reality, is to get married. Hello. Why? Because you live in close proximity to another sinner. Amen. And, and, and you can't duck them. You, don't have to, you, you can't just be like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going, going, going to bed tonight. Hello. That's only going to work for so long. I'm not coming home tonight. Like, like, like you can duck people in church like, oh, man, I'm not going to. I'm going to come late and I'm going to leave early. Hello. Like, I'm going to get here at 10, you know, 1032. Amen. Glory to God. No, no. Uh, I'm going to get here at 1040 because they'll, they'll have already opened the doors. I can kind of walk in and I can just, you know, scoop by and sit somewhere. And then I'm going to leave while Pastor Aldo's doing announcements. Don't do that. Hello. Hello. Right? And, and I, I'm, I'm going to avoid the crowd. I'm, I'm going to avoid the people. You can do that. When you're married, you cannot avoid anyone. Hello, somebody. You, you, listen, try, try to ignore. As a matter of fact, no, don't do this. I was, I was going to tell you to do it. 
I, 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 I was encouraging you to sin. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. But here's the thing. Go ahead and try to give someone a silent treatment. That's only, I know in my house the silent treatment lasts about 30 minutes, maybe. Hello. Because my wife will not let me just hold, have the silent treatment. I, and, no, and, and I try. I try. Tr- trust me. I try sometimes. I try to be like, whatever. I ain't saying nothing. When I want to act stupid, right? I'm just telling you right now, I, I, there's moments I want to act stupid, right? I want to act real immature. And I'm like, whatever. You don't care about what I'm saying anyway. It don't matter. It's foolish, right? I'm just, you don't want to hear me, whatever. And, and, but it doesn't last long, right? And so you cannot. And so here's, here's what I want to say. I'm not telling you to go get married immature, immaturely or prematurely. Hello, somebody. Don't be like, well, Bishop said I need to get married. Let's go get hooked up. I'm not telling you that. For the singles in the house, that is not what I'm saying at all, all right? You need to marry the right person. Make the right decision. Seek God. Seek godly counsel. But you know what you can do? All of you. Say all of you. All say all of us. All we can all get connected in relationship, though. That's what we can do. We can all get connected in the, in the thing, our connect life groups. If you're not part of one, you can get connected. You can get in relationship with people and make sure that you put yourself in a place where you can be held accountable, where you can grow in this area of sanctification. But what I want you to realize is that the sanctification in our lives is not just the negative. Because can I tell you something? Forget the joke about the silent treatment. Although it's real, I'm being honest with you. I'm confessing my sin to you. I want you to know that. But here's the thing. Forget about the silent treatment. You know, you, you know what's a beautiful thing for me? Well, what's beautiful for me in marriage is this, and in relationship with my brothers and sisters, is that when I am going through a moment that I want to give up, when I'm going through a moment that I'm low, I have somebody beside me to encourage me. I have someone to spur me on. When I have those down moments, I love it. My wife comes out. My, 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 my wife gets prophetic on me. Amen. Glory to God. And she starts prophesying to me. And, she, and see, sometimes she thinks I don't take her seriously. But I thank God for those moments where she like pulls She's like, hold on a second. Let me tell you something. And she begins to speak the word of the Lord into my life. And I receive that from her as a voice into my life that no one else can speak to me the way that she does. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying no one can speak to that place in my life. You know why? Because we're intimate. Because we're friends because we're in a relationship and listen you do not have to be married to someone to have that kind of relationship you know there's two guys just so you know that this is not like a you know only woman thing right there's two guys in the old testament probably one of the toughest dudes that you and i will ever know his name is david you know that guy He's the one that slayed Goliath, right? And you know what it says? It says that he had a friend by the name of Jonathan. And you know what the bible says about them? He says that they loved each other in a deep way. Like, I, th- I think I might even say something like, I mean, more, 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 than, more than like a woman. I mean, that, it's, 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 is that, is that what it said? Bromance, there you go, I like that. And it wasn't talking about homosexuality, because some people try to twist that scripture and say that. What they were saying was, these guys had each other's hearts. These guys were together, they were brothers. It's like, that's what, you know, I mean, how, how many of you have brothers? Raise your hand, you got brothers, right? And you got brother, and, and, and I mean, I have brothers, right? I'm the oldest of six, but we have some, we have some relationship. I mean, there is a connection there. And what I want you to know is that by the blood of Jesus, because of what Jesus did, he makes us all brothers and sisters. Now, can I tell you something? Some of your brothers and sisters, you're going to have to make more effort to love. Amen. But that is part of your sanctification, glory to God. That is part of you becoming more like Jesus, learning to love the way that he is. Because you know what? Jesus got to love all of us, and all of us are not that easy to love. Hello, somebody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave it right there. So what does he say? How does our relationship positively affect one another? He gives us three things here. What does he say? He says, brethren, pray for us. So the first thing is prayer for one another. He's saying praying for each other. That's how we help in the process of sanctification. Listen, there are some things that you need to just shut up about. 
and pray. And listen, I want you to know, me, I, 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 I have to do that a lot for a lot of people. Sometimes I got to just turn off Facebook, right? Because sometimes I'm like, can you give me a heart attack one day? Seriously, you think I'm joking. I, I mean, I, 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 get, I get vexed over some of the stuff that I see. It's crazy, right? But you know what? Other times and, and when, I, when I see that stuff, I'm like, okay, Lord, is this something I need to say something about? Or is it something I need to pray about? And can I tell you something? Let, let, let's be real honest now. I'm not talking about being spiritual. I'm just going to pray for them because I don't want to confront them. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. That's cowardly. We're supposed to love one another enough that when we see a brother or a sister in error, that we pray for them, but that we also confront them in love. And that we care for them. But there are some things you need to just let God work on because I'm going to tell you right now, you need to know, you need to be able to discern between the things I need to pray about and the things I need to talk about. Because some things you need to talk about. Other things, you could talk to your blue in the face that ain't going to change anything. Because it's what? It's all God. Amen. He's got to do the work. So the first thing he says is for us to pray one for another. Pray for your leaders. I asked you about that last week, right? Praying for your leaders, very important. But the second thing here is he says what? He says to greet each other with a holy kiss. Right? This is not just a Puerto Rican thing. Hello. <laughs> this is for sure a cultural thing. There's no question about this, all right? There, you know, different cultures are different. I mean, there's some guys, you know, you go to give them a hug, and they're like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Straight up, like, you know, there ain't no hug involved. And then you got to be like, yo, brother, I'm a hugger, man. Come on, let me give you a hug, you know. And then other guys, like, I had, I had one guy, he hugged me the other day. He, like, almost broke my jaw because he wanted to, like, throw his shoulder. I'm like, dude, I'm shorter than you. How the earth? But anyway, got to use some common sense sometimes, right? So anyway, so now when I hug him, I stand on my tippy toe. I'm like, what's up, bro? Like, you know. But, I, but next time, I just thought about it right now. Next time I hug him, I'm going to jab him with my elbow. I'm going to be like, boom, what's up, bro? Like, I'm going to hit him, get him good. Anyway, I'll say, so now you see, y'all pray for me. Pray for me, amen. So ultimately, though, he says to greet one another with a holy kiss, right? And so what is he saying? He is saying that we are supposed to care for one another. That's what this, that, that's what this kiss is about. It's about greeting one another, but you greet one another what? As a sign of respect, as a sign of love. But if we take it further than what we're just looking at here, it's more than just a kiss, right? It's what? It's for us to be able to engage one another and to care one for another. We have to care about each other because here's the deal. We can't just pray for one another and just see each other once in a while. We need to be concerned about one another. We need to care about each other's lives. We need to care about where we are, what we're going through. We need to be concerned for one another. And then the last thing he says, I charge you to read this epistle among all of the holy brethren. And so the first thing is that we're supposed to pray for one another. The second thing is we're supposed to care for one another. Caring for one another means being involved in each other's lives, right? It means caring for real. It means being concerned for real. And, and, and you know what's the beauty of this? This is the beauty of this. The beauty of this is when I am really praying for people, you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit leads me in my care for people. Are you here? You ever been in prayer for someone and all of a sudden you just feel like, man, I got to call this person? That, that ever happened to anyone? Right? Or you've been in prayer, and I heard somebody give a really awesome story the other day. And it, it was su su such a powerful, beautiful, beautiful situation. Um, they, someone got a $100 gift, and, and, and this, sto this story was so encouraging. They got a $100 gift for their birthday. And when they got the $100 gift, they, 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 said, they said they felt the Lord tell them, this isn't for you. And so they held on to it. They came to church, I think it was like a Friday or something like that. They came to church on a Sunday, and they said, there's going to be a woman. She's gonna, and and their, their words to me, she's going to be a white woman with blonde hair, right? So, Kelly, it was almost you, but it wasn't. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it happened before. You missed that Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway. Anyway, the thing was, 
the lady, right, the, the lady was, you know, the, 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 the woman, right, who, who felt this. She comes to church that Sunday, and we had a guest minister here. And the guest minister, her, her, her husband, you know, her and her husband, she was blonde-headed white lady. And as soon as she saw the lady, she knew that that was the one. And, I, and, and here, here, here's why this story is so amazing. First of all, they didn't know each other. She's just praying, seeking the Lord. The Lord cares. Are you hearing me? The Lord cares about what people are going through. And so she didn't know this lady from Adam. They didn't know each other. But here's what I didn't know. I didn't even know this, right? I didn't know that when this, these, these ministers came to our church, they did come by faith to the church to minister. That was beautiful, right? But the thing that I didn't realize is that this whole trip was a trip that was by faith. They didn't get paid to come and do everything that they were doing down here. And so what they, what, what they ended up getting when they came here, that's what took them back home and got them to where they needed to be. And the Lord used that to minister to their lives. And so we pray one for another. We are in tune with the Spirit of God. And then we care about one another. And then the third thing that he says is that the Word of God is preached. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, read this epistle among the brethren. Let them hear the Word of God. And here's what I want you to know is that when we commit to praying for one another, when we commit to caring for one another, and, we, and when we commit to hearing the Word of God, that is what ensures that we are going to grow in our sanctification the way that God desires for us to grow in our sanctification. Are you here? That's how we do that because we're in the place doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. A commitment to the word of God is so important. I can't emphasize this. Paul was like, look, this isn't enough for you to just know. I want everybody in the church to hear this. I want everybody to hear the words of God. We have to be a church that cares about the word of God. And it's not just from the preaching. It's got to be all of us that are caring about communicating the word of God with one another. The third thing that I ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, our Christian lives are all God. Our Christian lives are all God. The Apostle Paul ends, look at verse 28. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So he closes this book in a prayer way, right? Praying that God would sanctify them, praying that God would work in them, that they would pray for one another, that they would care for one another, that they would be committed to the word of God. And then he comes back. It's kind of like when he says the grace of God be with you. It's kind of like, you know, whenever you get around people and there are certain people in the church that when they leave one another or they greet one another, they're like, hey, God bless you. Right? And for some of us, that's just a religious thing. For me, it's not. I've told you this before. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, bless everyone. It's not like that. Right? I don't, I don't think, I don't operate that way. There's some, you know, I have, to, I have to mean it when I'm saying this, right? And so when I say this, right, when I say, hey, God bless you, when I say that, I'm really praying like this, like God's grace be with you. Like that's the mindset that has to be there when we communicate that, that we are sharing, we're praying that God's grace would be with these people, that that is what the apostle Paul is praying. And so when I say all of the Christian life is about God, what I love is this, is that Christianity is the product of grace. What is grace? It is the unmerited favor of God. It is the divine influence upon the heart displayed in the life of a believer. That's what grace is, the unmerited favor. And you want to know what grace always does? Grace always brings us back to the gospel always. May the grace of God be with you. In other words, may the grace of God be with you practically. May the grace of God be with you to strengthen you. May the grace of God be with you to fill you, right? May the grace of God empower you to live this holy life. But can I tell you something? May the grace of God also remind you of where grace was demonstrated, and that is on the cross. 
May the grace of God be with you. May you live a life that is centered on the gospel. That's what, he, that, that, that's what he's saying here. May you live a life that is empowered by that. But may your mind, not just your spirit, not just your ability, not, not just you. You know, one thing, you know, when I, when, I, when I go to work out, you know, some of these guys, I've never been to this place yet, but some of these guys talk about this place. Um, maybe some of you have been there. I don't know. But it is, it is this place of pain, Right? where you are in so much pain, but you are like literally pushing beyond excruciating pain, right? Like I've never been like, when I start feeling pain, I'm like, right, I'm good. <laughs> right? Like, I, like, like, like I, I'm just saying like, I, I push beyond some pain, but not like that. Like some of these guys, like you see people do workouts, right? And, and they are just, and, and, and you know they're like dying, right? Because I mean, you see the sweat rolling. I mean, and, and they just, but they just like, like they're Terminators or something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. But anyway, but, but here's the thing. What those people have is called mental fortitude to where they have this ability. I don't know if it's, you know, anyway, I'm just going to leave it there on the positive, right? They have this mental fortitude to where they know my body is able to do this. I'm going to push beyond the pain because it's all right here. It's all, I, I'm breathing fine. I'm not, I'm not passing out. It's nothing like that. They're not working. These are, when, when I talk about these people pushing me on the pain, it's not like when they're done, like they pass out of heat exhaustion. It's not that kind of stuff. It's just that they're in, it's just, I don't want you to be like, Bishop, we got to push me on the pain and have people dying. I, that's not what I'm saying, right? The, the, these people, they have this mental fortitude because they know what their body's able to do. And they understand, look, I can push beyond when my body starts telling me, man, that's enough. I can say, no, that's not enough. We still got a little ways to go. Are you getting what I'm saying here on that part? Why is that important? How does that even correlate? Because the grace of God empowers you to live this extraordinary life that God calls you to live. But can I tell you something? If your mind is not connected to the grace of God, if your soul is not connected to the grace of God, if your thoughts are not centered and rooted on the grace of God, you and I will give up before God says give up. Are you hearing me? We will quit before we need to quit. We will stop running the race before we need to stop running the race because we are overwhelmed by the wrong thing rather than us being overwhelmed by the grace of God. We're overwhelmed by the problems. We're overwhelmed by the, by the, by the situation. We're overwhelmed by the issues that we are facing. Listen, church, what I want you to know is that if we're going to live this extraordinary life, it's not going to be a pain-free life. If we're going to live this extraordinary life, it's not going to be a life that's just easy where we just walk through and do whatever we want to do. No, no, it's going to be a life that we're going to go through hardship, but we know what? That the grace of God is with us. It's not just the feeling, it is the unmerited favor of God. And the reason why I'm able to continue on to fight, I'm able to continue on to press, is because of what? It's because when I go back to what I know on the cross, when I go back to know what Jesus went through on that cross, you know, that is my motivation for everything that I do. That's it right there. I'm motivated to live for God's glory, no matter how painful it is, because what? Because I remember what he did on the cross. And so here's my closing question for you. Where in your life do you need to recognize it's all God? Where, where is it in your life that you need to recognize that it's all God? Where is it? Is it in your sanctification? Maybe that's, that's the thing that you're, you're not realizing that God is at work. It may be painful. It may be, it may be whatever. But, but you know what? God is at work in you. Maybe, maybe it's in relationships with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe, maybe it's in those relationships that you don't realize, man, it is all God. God is working in and through these relationships. Maybe there's just other areas in your life where you've, you've forgotten about the grace of God. You've forgotten about the goodness of God. Maybe it's those things. I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that there's an area. I don't, I don't know what it is, but we need to recognize it's all 
God. And we trust him with all of it. Amen? So I'll stand up real quickly, please. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Praise the name of the Lord. Father, look at our hearts. You see us, Lord God. You know where we are. You know what we face. You know what we struggle with. You know where we are battling to give you glory, to recognize your work in us. And so today, Lord God, I just pray over my brothers and my sisters, and I pray that we would be able to recognize you in every situation, that we would be able to recognize you in our sanctification as you are separating us from sin, as you are calling us to live holy, as you are calling us to live righteous, as you are calling us to bring glory to your name, Lord God, I pray that you would continue this purifying work in us. I pray that we would acknowledge you in it, Lord God. I pray in relationships. Lord God, I know relationships are tough. And I know, Heavenly Father, that sometimes it's just easier for us to ignore one another or to, to skip out on relationships and to ignore tough conversations or whatever it is, Lord God. I don't, I don't know where, where my brothers and sisters are, are battling in relationships to recognize you in them. It may be in their marriages. It may be in their parenting. It may be in their relationship with their parents. Father, it might be in relationship with their brothers and sisters. It may be in relationship with coworkers. I don't know, but you do, Lord God. You're there with them. And you want us to acknowledge you in those relationships. And Lord, today when we look at our Christianity, we look at our walk before you, Lord God. It's all you, Lord. We're products of grace. So I pray that you would help us. Help us to live dependent lives. Help us to live lives that bring you glory. Help us to live lives that bring you honor. Help us, Jesus. Father, we submit to you. We pray that you would be glorified today. In Jesus' great name, amen. Come on, give God a hand of praise really quickly. You can be seated for a moment.